Blog Talk Radio. Lies. 
We see it every day around us. Some we decide that we will capitulate to, unfortunately. Things we'll stand firm against. But in this war, in this revolution, you will not be asked to choose a side. The side is going to be chosen for you. And that side is life or death. Last week, I cut my program short because I found myself becoming individually angry about what I was reporting on with COVID. I'm going to pick up where I left it off. In the great hanging state of Virginia, at what is known as Norfolk, the Centera Norfolk General Hospital, Paul Mark, the chief of pulmonary and critical care medicine at Eastern Virginia Medical School and the director of the ICU at the Centera Norfolk General Hospital, had the intestinal fortitude to stand firm and take the hospital that he represents in the ICU to court for their egregious behavior in banning procedures that would benefit patients to recover from COVID-19 and all its known variants. Dr. Paul Mark. Excuse me, Merrick, M-A-R-I-K, Dr. Paul Merrick, a top critical care physician, filed a lawsuit against Santara Norfolk General Hospital because it banned him from administering life-saving drugs to treat COVID patients and had its hospital privileges suspended because he took that position. He learned just this past Saturday that he would have to suffer through a 14-day suspension for having the audacity to stand firm against the hospital's policy. The letter he received was dated November 8th. That same day, Dr. Merrick appeared before a judge in Norfolk Circuit Court requesting a temporary injunction to lift the hospital's ban, according to Dr. Merrick's attorney. Judge David Linetti did not grant the temporary injunction, but did determine that Dr. Merrick had standing to bring his lawsuit, allowing the case to move forward which will give Dr. Merrick the opportunity to establish his right to administer life-saving treatments that patients have been prohibited access to by Centera Norfolk General Hospital Management. Centera Norfolk General Hospital's attorney didn't tell Dr. Merrick about the suspension 
last Thursday or during his hearing last Thursday, nor did they mention to the judge, according to Dr. Merrick's attorney. Fred Taylor, who is a partner at the Virginia law firm of Bush and Taylor, in a November 22nd letter to the judge, Dr. Merrick's attorney accused Santerra Norfolk General Hospital of making a material misrepresentation during the hearing by failing to disclose the letter and telling the court the hospital would not retaliate against Dr. Merrick for filing the lawsuit. Evidently, Santerra Norfolk General Hospital, for reasons of its own, chose not to disclose this suspension either to the court or to the plaintiff during the hearing. In his letter, told the judge, and I quote, the letter from Santerra Norfolk General Hospital to Dr. Merritt gives no explanation whatsoever for the coincidence of Santerra's choosing to suspend Dr. Merritt at this particular moment, leaving only one realistic conclusion. Santerra has engaged in a blatant act of retaliation against Dr. Merritt for filing this suit and for exposing to the public Santerra's unlawful, unjustified denial of safe, potentially life-saving medicine to its COVID patients in violation of Virginia statutory law and public policy. In Santerra's letter to Dr. Merritt, hospital officials summoned Dr. Merritt to a proceeding scheduled for December 2nd, during which the hospital said no lawyer representing Dr. Merritt will be permitted and no recording, video, or transcript will be made. Well, it ain't December 2nd. Centara said its suspension of Merritt was based in part on an allegation that he informed COVID patients that his hands were tied and there was nothing more he could do for them. Well, whether he said that or not, that is the truth. The hospital's policy is this life-saving treatment that he wanted to give, they told him were unavailable according to hospital policy. Attorney Taylor's letter to the judge also stated, and I quote again, the just concluded hearing on November 18, 2021, Centara expressly represented to this court that it would not discipline Dr. Merrick in any way for informing his patients, his COVID patients specifically, that Centara was preventing him from giving them alternative treatment that are in his medical judgment and based on unrefuted evidence, safe and potentially life-saving and medically appropriate for them. 
I have now done exactly that. Indeed, it had apparently already done exactly that when it was representing to the court that it would not do so. International or not, this was a materially false representation made to the court and plaintiff respectfully requests that Santara Norfolk General Hospital be held to account for it. During the November 18th hearing, Santara's attorney, Jason Davis, raised the issue of whether Dr. Merrick was standing in the case or whether Dr. Merrick has legal standing in the case. To have standing in a lawsuit, Dr. Merrick needed to show he had a stake in its outcome or suffered an injury. Centara said Dr. Merrick did not have standing to bring his case because he hadn't been harmed. But you're refusing his patients the right to life-saving treatment. Does that not harm the person who is their doctor that has to explain to those people that they're going to die without this treatment? And I quote again, obviously, patients who are dying in the ICU can't come to court. This is Dr. Merrick's words. Centara Norfolk General Hospital lied continuously and incessantly. But at this type of hearing, I was not in a position where I could challenge the falsity. Attorney Taylor accused Centara Norfolk General Hospital of attempting to deprive Dr. Merrick of standing through a retaliatory pretextual suspension that Centara kept secret from the court, perhaps hoping Dr. Merrick would be intimidated enough and would not respond to Centara by offering to drop his suit if Centara would withdraw his or its suspension. In his letter to the judge, the Merrick's legal team called for a supplemental hearing to redress the new facts previously hidden from the court by Centara Norfolk General Hospital. Dr. Merrick filed his lawsuit against Centara Healthcare on November 9th, arguing the organization is endangering the lives of its COVID patients by preventing him from using his treatment protocol which he says has mortality rates in the ICU from approximately between 40 to 60 and 60% to less than 20%. The lawsuit alleges Centara's ban on the use of certain therapies against COVID placed the United States and Virginia's medical laws and the concept of informed consent, whereby, quote, patients have the right to receive information and ask questions about 
recommended treatments make well-considered decisions about their care. Dr. Merritt called Centara's ban on administering certain medicines to for COVID patients unprecedented and cruel during his November 18th testimony requesting a preliminary injunction to lift the ban. In his motion, Dr. Merritt said patients are dying unnecessarily and unlawfully because Centara Healthcare, the parent company of Centara Norfolk General Hospital, is preventing terminally ill COVID patients from exercising their right to choose and to receive safe, potentially life-saving treatment determined to be appropriate for them by their attending physicians. In an interview with the Defender, Children's Health Defense News and Views, Dr. Marks said the hospital is prohibiting the use of a COVID, a COVID protocol called Mass Plus. The protocol includes treating COVID patients with many drugs approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, which have determined the drugs are safe and effective. Instead, according to the lawsuit, Centara Healthcare recommends doctors use toxic drugs like remdesivir, which we have already shown evidentiary proof does not work. Remdesivir is an expensive medication associated with severe side effects because the hospital receives a bonus each time doctors prescribes it to their patients. Once again, follow the money. In a press release, Dr. Merrick said, and I quote, this case is about doctors having the ability to honor their Hippocratic oath, to follow evidence-based medicine, and to treat our patients the best we know how. Corporations and faceless bureaucrats should not be allowed to interfere with the doctor-patient decision, especially when it can result in harm or death. Quote, our COVID-19 protocol is based on the best scientific data available. Yet, Centara Healthcare System claimed the medications I used were toxic, and harmful, which is an absolute lie. It is so outrageous. Dr. Merrick explained once again, and I'll quote him again. What happened was I was using the math plus, and I was using these medications, which I think are effective. All drugs we use are FDA approved and very safe, and they've been proven to be very effective for COVID. But I was banned from using them because they are dangerous, toxic, and they were supposedly 
no data to support their use. A big lie. I'm going to continue to quote them. What they, the hospital, want me to use is remdesivir. We know remdesivir increases death by 3%, increases the risk of hospital stay, and increases the risk of kidney and liver failure. It does not improve patient outcomes. It is toxic, but the hospital gets a bonus if remdesivir is prescribed. They profit from the expensive drug, but not the cheap drug that people can afford. Dr. Merrick, to give you some of his background, is a highly physician with 35 years of experience according to what Santara says themselves in their paperwork. They said Santara also tried to criticize his character even though they appointed him as director of the ICU at their hospital. Samaritan said he could no longer stand by while patients died unnecessarily without proper treatment. So he had no choice but to file a lawsuit, allowing him and his colleagues to administer a combination of FDA-approved drugs and other therapies that have saved thousands of critically ill COVID patients in the last 18 months. Until September, doctors have been allowed to use ivermectin, which I myself individually had to eat my words once evidence was given and shown that I could verify that proved ivermectin's effectiveness. So he wants to use ivermectin and other medicines, ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C. by calutamide, dutasteride, finasteride, and fluvoxamine to treat his COVID patients. But after the FDA, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and the National Institute of Health, the NIH, oh, Dr. Fauci again, warned against using ivermectin and other medicines for COVID patients, Centara officials created new guidelines ordering doctors not to use the drugs. Dr. Merrick argues Centara's COVID comprehensive treatment guidelines are preventing terminally ill COVID patients from exercising their rights to choose and to receive safe, potentially life-saving treatment. According to the FLCCC, in their press release, the Math Plus protocol used by Dr. Merrick and physicians around the world to treat COVID is saving lives. However, since the prohibition went into place, 
there has been a sharp rise in inpatient mortality. Dr. Merrick said he and his colleagues started to use the Math Plus to treat COVID in March 2020 because the national and international bodies proved no guidance. To quote Dr. Merrick, so we put together guidelines and started using the protocol on March 24th. And it has evolved over time as science has evolved. The Math Plus protocol designed for hospitalized patients counters the body's overwhelming inflammatory response to the SARS-CoV-2 virus known as COVID-19. The protocol is based on numerous medical journals and their publications and decades of research. Excuse me, I got distracted for a moment there. And decades of research. And it's found upon, founded upon the belief that hyperinflammation, not the virus itself, damages the lungs and other organs and leads to death. The Math Plus protocol is well tolerated with no reports of adverse medical events. According to Dr. Joseph Barron, a renowned critical care specialist recently recognized by the United Nations for his life-saving work, the Mass Plus COVID treatment protocol has achieved at least a 50% reduction. I'm going to say that again. A 50% reduction in deaths from the virus in the hospital where he serves, Pierre Corey, we take an oath as doctors to do no harm. Dr. Corey is the president and chief medical officer of the FLCCC. He says, I can't think of a way of doing more harm to a patient than to administer a treatment that you know can help them. No doctor should be forced to watch their patients die knowing that more could have been done to save them. And that is exactly what Centara Norfolk General Hospital is doing. Dr. Merritt said until October 5th, he was able to use the most of the medications on the MASH Plus protocol, except for ivermectin, which was banned in May or June. To quote him, he said, they're turning, they're turning this into an ivermectin thing, and it's a very safe drug. More people have died from aspirin or Tylenol than from ivermectin. It is one of the safest drugs on the planet, and the data is irrefutable. But somehow with COVID, it has become a toxic medication. Dr. Merrick explained, what do you have to lose when a patient is dying? When a patient is dying, we do everything we can to save their lives. 
and this system and many others are prohibiting them from getting every possible medication they can. That's how we practice medicine. What we do, we do what we can to save the person. Dr. Merritt said it's important for people to understand that 40% of drugs in the ICU are used off-label. Nationally, that's every hospital. You pick it. 40% of the drugs in these ICUs around the country are used off-label, meaning they're used for something than what the medication is said to be used for. That's the standard of care, COVID. The FDA encouraged use of off-label drugs, and you didn't need informed consent to use them. Dr. Merritt said 30% of the drugs prescribed in hospitals and hospital settings are used off-label, and 90% of people are discharged with prescriptions for drugs being used off-label. For example, Dr. Marriott said aspirin is recommended for atrial fibrillation. That's an irregular heartbeat. Label use. That's not what aspirin was designed for, specifically. With the math plus protocol, Dr. Marriott said he can talk to families to see if they want to do it, but he can't prescribe it. Their only option is to take a toxic therapy or transfer to another hospital, potentially hundreds of miles away, to utilize an alternative protocol. Dr. Merritt said, I try to emphasize to these patients that are dying. That's why they're there. It's an absurd proposition to propose that I get consent from the family or tell the families they have alternatives, but I can't use them here. And then I have to transfer them to another hospital, which is very time dependent. The longer I wait, the worse the outcome. And it's a major undertaking to transfer a patient to another facility. To transfer an ICU patient hundreds of miles to another hospital is impractical. Merritt said the hospital thinks they could do whatever they want because they control the media, which I'm going to talk to you all about tonight, and they control the press. And he was put in a position where he had no options but to bring this lawsuit. According to the medical periodical Medge page today, the same day Dr. Merrick filed his lawsuit, the Journal of Intensive Care Medicine retracted an article co-authored by Dr. Merrick on the Mass Plus Protocol, which includes the use of ivermectin. So the uh, conspiracy is in. Are they really looking to save the American people from COVID? Are they looking and hoping for people to die? Oh, yeah. Did you all forget that Bill Gates 
and his money are firm proponents of eugenics, that there are too many people on the planet to see, therefore, millions must die, according to his word. Who the hell are you to decide because you got billions of dollars? Dr. Merrick said the hospital pressured the journal to retract the article because it supported the use of alternative protocols and showed a reduction in ICU mortality. The retraction notice cited a communication it received from Centara Norfolk General Hospital, quote, raising concerns about the accuracy of COVID-19 hospital mortality rate data reported in the article pertaining to Centara. So they put the fix in. In an email to Medge Page today, Centara General Hospital and its representatives wrote, Centara Healthcare felt obligated to reach out to the JICM with our concerns about Centara Norfolk General Hospital data that the authors used to make conclusions and provide accurate data to the journal. After a thorough review by JICM's editorial board, the article was retracted. The journal followed their retraction guidelines and procedures. Attorney Taylor told Med Page today in an email, the lawsuit is not about a journal article. It's about whether a hospital administration can legally prohibit critically ill COVID patients from receiving information and treatment. If they so decide it is medically appropriate for them about safe FDA-approved and potentially life-saving medicine as determined by their attending physician. A Centara spokesman said in a statement to Med Page today, Centara generates treatment guidelines by engaging multidisciplinary groups of clinicians to review literature, care standards, and provide further advice. In most situations, physicians are able to deviate from guidelines to individualize care for patients. However, in some scenarios, treatment that may potentially harm patients or that are widely considered to be outside the standard of care may be limited. The spokesperson said the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA currently do not recommend the use of ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19 due to a lack of evidence regarding its safety and efficacy. Boy, when the rabbit hole starts to get deep. Dr. Merrick said he and his colleagues published their paper on Math Plus. They published statistics from Centaro. The hospital has their own protocol and they weren't happy the director of the ICU that they hired was using his protocol and not their protocol. It was a review paper, and in it, we quoted mortality statistics from Centaur. The chief of the hospital gave me the data on the mortality statistics. 
and we had approval from the Institutional Review Board, Review Board to collect data and publish it. After it was published, Dr. Maris said they accused him of providing false and misleading data. The data is accurate, brothers and sisters, but obviously not. With time, there are some additional patients that are going to die, and that is inevitable. Follow-up mortality went from 6.6% to 10%. They complained to the medical school, and the medical school agreed with him being Dr. Merrick. Merrick said he updated the journal article to include a note. But Centara pressured the journal to retract the article, claiming the data was false, and then used the fact the journal article was retracted against him. But they hid their hand that they pressured them. Dr. Merrick did not bring his lawsuit because he has something to gain. It's because he has a responsibility to his patients. And a physician across the country and the world is a human being sensitive to the loss of life that can be avoided. I think what they need to know is that the hospital is, is interfering with the physician and the patient's relationship. The physician decides what is in the best interest of the patient. And what they're doing is unprecedented, according to Dr. Mary. The hospital is telling me how to treat my patient. And it goes against basic Hippocratic principles. Dr. Merrick said he refuses to watch another patient die of COVID, knowing he was not allowed to give them proven treatment that could have saved their life. Quote him again, this case is a test case that will have implications for physicians and patients across the country. And this is not so mad science. With your hopes, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. That is why I got angry and had to end so early last week because my anger was raised to the level where I wanted to personally go to Norfolk, Virginia and blow them jokers up. They need to be charged with murder because that's what it is. But as I alluded to and defined censorship is being coordinated on a global scale? I believe it is. Dr. Merrick is being censored with truth material being hidden from you by those who are looking to make a dollar on the misery, pain, suffering, and even the death of those who go to their facilities find life. Share some information with you about some committees you obviously have never heard of before. 
International Grand Committee on Disinformation. It consists of an international array of legislators, policy advisors, and other so-called experts who work together to forge international alliances that are obligated to bring shared effective strategies into the battle against online disinformation. The founders of the IGCD, the International Grand Committee on Disinformation, are four members of the British and Canadian Parliament. Uh-oh. Two governments that have taken the truth about COVID, which include British Member of Parliament, Damian Collins, who is also on the board of the Center for Countering Digital Hate, the CCDH, which fabricates reports that are then used to strip people of their freedom of speech rights. Logistics for the IGCD are provided by the Reset Initiative, which is a not-so-subtle reminder that censorship is a requirement for the Great Reset, which is part of the Amadaya group of philanthropies. Amadaya funds whistleblower aid, the legal counsel for it, which is a fake Facebook whistleblower, Francis Howard who has testified before the United States, the French, the British, and the European Union lawmakers calling for more censorship. The CCDH chairman, Simon Clark, also has ties to Arabella Advisors, the most powerful of the dark money lobbying groups in the United States. If you suspected that censorship with being coordinated on a global scale, you'd be 100% right. The International Grand Committee on Disinformation. Boy, what a title. What could possibly go wrong if they're there looking for disinformation? The idea behind the International Grand Committee on Disinformation came from four members of the British and Canadian Parliament. As I stated before, Damian Collins and Ian Lucas from the United Kingdom, Bob Zimmer, and Nathaniel Erskine-Smith from Canada. The first session of the IGCD took place at the end of November 2018. So they've been quietly working in the background for some time already. Since then, they've held meetings in Canada, in England, the UK, and hosted seminars here in the U.S., attended by spiritual leaders, journalists, technology executives, subject matter experts, and parliamentary leaders from 21 countries, being Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Estonia, Finland, 
France, Georgia, Moscow, Germany, Ireland, Latvia, Mexico, Morocco, Singapore, St. Lucia, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and the U.S. And guess what all of them have in common? All of them have the same thing in common, a push to block the use of effective treatment and forcible intrusion to take the vaccine protocol. According to the IGCD, the organization functions as a forum for information sharing, collaboration, and harmonization of policies to achieve common goals among the democratic states. Never mind the fact that democracy cannot exist for the group are provided by an initiative called the Reset, which feels like a not-so-subtle reminder censorship is a remind a requirement for the reset. They know people will never go along with the Great Reset plan if allowed to freely discuss the ramifications of the lies. The IGCD helps shed light on the technocracy front group known as the Center for Counter Digital Hate. CCDH. Seeing how one of the CCDH's board members, British member of parliament Damien Collins, is also a founder of the IGCD. Both groups were formed in 2018 and clearly have the same goals and agenda. Sounds like the relationship between the Trilateral Commission and its partner organization here in the U.S. Two different organizations, same exact members, all pushing a policy on different fronts. One of the goals of the CCDH and the IGCD is to eliminate free speech online so that the policy of lies can be pushed the public meeting, which is what the UK's proposed online safety bill would achieve. Not surprisingly, Collins is part of the online safety bill committee in England, charged with examining the bill line by line to make sure it's fit. It is fit for the purpose. In an August 11 blog post, Mr. Collins asked for the public help to track down counter-narratives, taking screenshots of the offending material and emailing it to him so that he can target these institutions, individuals, and locations against offering an alternative factual view. Harmful content is reported whether it is terrible images of self-harm, violent or extremist content, or specifically anti-vaccine conspiracy theories, it can otherwise be unknowable for regulators and government. Uh, anybody that can read 
and wakes up in the morning and breathes the air already knows that the intelligence agencies around the world monitor everybody and everything. There's no such thing as a private telephone conversation. There's no such thing as a private email sent back and forth. There's no such thing of anything that is electronic, that is intimated one way or another, that these institutions and agencies with abbreviations don't know about. They know. The only thing that they can't block is a one-on-one conversation. And even then, if there's a camera around, they're listening to what you're saying. So that doesn't make any sense that regulators and government won't know. It is impossible to miss the fact that Collins is lumping anti-vaccine content with violent and extremist content that must be censored. And in reality, that's probably one of the top categories of information this bill seeks to control. Why are they so afraid of people who don't want to take these damnable vaccines? As reported in iNews, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has repeatedly insisted the powers contained within the legislation would help government crack down on anti-vaccine disinformation. What the hell are they afraid of? Because the minute they get away with doing that in the UK, they're going to block our ability to have an alternative view here in the US. That's the test of tape. While some might think it's a good idea to spoon people correct information about vaccines, it's important to realize that while vaccines are the issue of today, tomorrow another topic is near and dear to your heart could be deemed out of bounds for public discussion. So, supporting censorship of any kind is a slippery slope that is bound to come back to bite you when you least expect it. As reported by the BBC News, the British Broadcasting Agency, and I quote, the legal to say, legal to type campaigns warn that if online safety bill becomes law, big tech firms will be in a position of extraordinary power while the group supports the bill's aim of ensuring online platforms remove images of child sexual abuse, terrorist material, and content which incites racial hatred and violence, it fears the other provisions will adversely affect free speech. Under the bill, Ofcom, the British Office of Communication, will be given the power to block access to sites from fine companies that do not protect users from harmful content or 10% of annual global turnover, whichever is greater. 
brothers and sisters. You don't know. Now you know. Your right to have access to information by whatever source they deem unfit is going to be unaccessible to you because it doesn't go along with the status quo. Too long here in the United States, we are now hearing of men who have spent decades behind bars for crimes they did not commit. And then when they finally get out, they're not given the ability to find recourse for stealing 35 and 40 years of their lives. Censorship. Because those who are empowered to do something use that power for their own personal gain and benefit. Dr. Fauci, a proven liar. The National Institute of Health, a proven organization, but they terrorize you with medicine. An institution designed to ensure that vaccines are what they're supposed to be and do what they're supposed to do. The FDA has no backbone. The CDC, no backbone. Because they're allowing you to be lied to. And they're providing support by issuing authorization for vaccines that they know medically have no benefit. This is not so mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. And I need to do something that I did not do when I opened the show. This is not so mad science. With your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Just because Barry Gordy took Motown to L.A. does not mean Detroit has lost its soul. We're going to take a brief break as I hear the train approach. And we're going to go along with a little bit of, uh, let's see what we can do here for my friend.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Lahara Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. I believe in all true fairness that I have taken up enough of your time and loaded up you up with sufficient information to digest. And as in the past, maybe I've given so much information that you didn't get to chew on anything. So, I'm going to come back to this again next week. I'm not going to stop until the problem goes away. Not because it just drops off and dies, but because God has blessed us to find solutions. And we take that directive and we shove it down the enemy's throat. And we stand up like true believers and stand on the word that God has given us and the mind that he gave us to make comprehensive, contextually important decisions. So with that said, this is Not So Mad Science, and I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network, hoping that I have not said anything to insult your intelligence nor hurt your feelings, but I have offered you counter-provable arguments for the world that we live in, in the COVID land. With that being said, and though the mortal words of Adam Clayton found you, keep the faith, keep the faith. And all are willing, I will be back at you once again next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.